Hi, welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is Wednesday, January 10th, and I'm Jessica Steinberg. I'm speaking today with political writer Tal Schneider and diplomatic correspondent Laser Berman. Hi, good morning to you both. Hi, Jessica. Good morning. Hi there. It is day 96 of the war. A reserve combat medic was killed fighting in central Gaza, raising the ground-up toll to 186 troops as soldiers continued to battle Hamas in Khan Yunus of southern Gaza. The security cabinet is scheduled to meet this evening to discuss plans for post-war Gaza after multiple conflicts, conversations, and disagreements uh, on the subject between Prime Minister Netanyahu, his coalition, and the IDF. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is here and had a series of meetings yesterday, and we'll discuss all of that after a quick break. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Okay, Laser, talk to us about Secretary of State Blinken. He's here. He met yesterday with the Prime Minister, with Netanyahu, with American hostage families. What are his overall messages right now? Yeah, so let me put this into context a little bit. This is, depending on the count, fourth, fifth, or sixth time he's been here. Depends how you want to count it, because he's come, he's gone to other countries in the region, come back. He said it's his fourth time, so let's go with that. Um, But in general, this is part of U.S. support for Israel. That's very clear that Washington has been quite supportive from the beginning, uh, giving munitions, uh, vetoes in the U.N., rhetorical support as well. Um, But at the same time, there's another side to this. And this is uh, the flip side, which is that the U.S. is very nervous about some things that Israel is doing and wants Israel to do some things differently. It's nervous, I think, primarily about two things. The thing that, um, let's start outside of Gaza. In the north, uh, since the war started, Hezbollah has been firing into Israel, firing rockets, uh, anti-tank missiles. Um, and that fight up there is escalating. Also on Israel's side as well, there was two major um, targeted killings in the past week, including on, on Monday. The U.S. is doing all it can to try to, all it thinks it can do, uh, to try to stave off an expansion of the war, a spread of the war. Might be something that uh, the U.S. gets dragged into if it spreads and really becomes a war between Iranian proxies um, in Israel, then the U.S. will feels like it'll be dragged in there. And it's not something that it wants to do now. It's the U.S. public does not have appetite for more Middle Eastern wars. Um, so it is 
really invested in trying to find some sort of diplomatic solution to this. Amos Hochstein was was in Lebanon and Israel at the end of last week, and Blinken is also working on that. So that is one aspect of it. And I think Israel and the U.S. are in um, they're in agreement there. Israel doesn't want to fight in the north right now, even though that war might be ine- inevitable in the coming years. Right now, it's focused on Gaza and doesn't need that expansion. In Gaza, I think there's a lot more disagreement. Uh, the U.S., does not want to see um, this war go on indefinitely, certainly not at the in- intensity that it has been going on, and has said that openly. And we've heard that uh, Gallant, the defense minister, and the IDF spokesman had said, at least in northern Gaza, the war is going to uh, the third stage, which is more targeted raids and less um, you know, massive maneuver on the ground. They also have been very critical of Israel's uh, humanitarian policies, and Blinken said this openly. He said that the Israel has to support the UN huma- humanitarian coordinator, that there will be a UN mission to northern Gaza to assess when Gazans can go back, that uh, Israel cannot in any way support the resettlement of Gazans outside of the Gaza Strip, which we've reported on and some Israeli ministers have even spoken about, um, and that Blinken even said that Israel can can inflict no further harm on, harm on Gaza civilians, which means you know any type of of war in the Gaza Strip inevitably does inflict inflict harm on civilians. It's just impossible to avoid that, even if it's not intentional. So I think those messages are clear, and and uh, I just want to note, note two other things. First of all, there was no readout after the meeting between Blinken and Netanyahu, and Blinken in the War Cabinet, and there always are. So in my mind, that is that is something that is very curious and points at the fact that there was not agreement between the two sides on a readout um, and that the meeting did, did not go well uh, on Israel's side. And second of all, let's not forget, it's election season in the United States. You have the caucuses in Iowa coming up. Um, not that that is a problem for Biden, but the problem for Biden is that he is really behind in all the polls against his potential challenger, uh, his old friend Donald Trump. And this war is certainly not popular amongst his progressive side. They don't want to see him back in Israel. And war in general is not good um, is, you know, for Americans that want to focus on the economy and things like that. So uh, this, I think, also colors it. This is another reason why the White House wants to, this, Israel to wrap this up quickly, not something that Israel feels like, like it can do. And Laser, just going back to the issue of the hostages, I know that Blinken met with some of the families. Any sense of what was said there any sense of what the U.S. is saying to the hostage families right now at this point? Yeah, he spoke with with hostage families at, at the hotel before the uh, press conference in Tel Aviv. He said he knows some of these families by now because every time he comes, he meets with them. It's certainly something that, that's important to him. It's something that he mentioned at every stop when he met with the president. They certainly spoke about that. That was a focus um, when he met with the foreign minister, defense, defense minister. It's something that America is doing. Um, there are reports that the talks are basically where they were before the killing of Salah Arori, that Hamas uh, senior military commander that Israel killed last week. Um, so it seems like things are getting back on track, and that's certainly one of Blinken's things. He's going to be um, the Palestinian Authority, and he's going to be in Egypt, So, and he was in Qatar um, earlier in the week. So it's something that he is working on as well, and and he's visiting all the major players to get that back on track. So it seems like there is some guarded optimism that there could be another um, deal, which would mean Israel's releasing more Hamas terrorists, um, or at least prisoners, and there will probably be, that would probably include another sort of ceasefire in the Gaza Strip. 
Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Laser. We're going to take a quick break. And when we're back, we will talk to Tal about day after in Gaza and uh, what's being said right now about that. You're listening to this podcast. So I know you care about the war in Israel right now. And you've been reading the headlines. Massacre in Gaza. Genocide perpetrated by Hamas. No, by Israel. But if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know one thing. This stuff seems complicated. And honestly, no one can really just pick a side or decide an opinion without really learning. Without really knowing what you're talking about. And that's where this podcast comes in. Check out Unpacking Israeli History, now in its sixth season. They have episodes with topics ranging from what is Hamas anyway, to whether Israel should ransom captured soldiers, and the history of Israel and its disengagement from Gaza in 2005. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay. So, Tal, you have been covering this issue all week. Uh, What will happen in Gaza after the war? How the Prime Minister is looking at it? How the IDF is looking at it? And Prime Minister Netanyahu obviously has his political considerations that he's thinking about in this overall game plan. Spell it out for us. Tell us what what you're hearing and writing about. Right. So the topic of the day after plan in Gaza have been, uh, you know, presented by the uh, Americans a while back, you know, right when the war started, they started to say, you know, what's your plan for your exit plan? And how do you think it's going to happen later on? And Israel kept saying, wait, we need to see how the war ends. But as we all know, the war is not even close to an end. I mean, Israel's you know, in Hebrew, the leaders keep saying 2024 is going to be through the year. And in um, when the Israel's, um, you know, IDF spokesman talks to the, the New York Times, he says, we are almost done. So there is a, this gap between the way they, you know, perceive it or the way they discuss it in the Israeli, with the Israeli public. Now, we didn't really see a full plan on behalf of the government. What we saw is the defense minister, Yoav Gallant, um, a week ago presented to to the media in a in a in a briefing, but also he wanted to present that to the war cabinet, uh, a plan that he wrote with the military, with the high ranks of the military. Uh, it has four phases. It needs to finish the combat phase, but also then engagement of foreign countries, such as you know moderate Arab countries and the United States, with the sort of civil administration in Gaza. Um, and Israel's um, will be only responsible for the military side, the security of the Israeli people via controlling of the security situation there. And also part of the plan was to give some sort of um, authorities to local committees, local Palestinians committees, as long as they're not engaged with Hamas or UNRWA. So civil civil local administrations in different neighborhoods neighborhoods and towns around Gaza based on previous um, local management, as long as they're not part of the Hamas mechanism, in a way that will give them 
more local control with the time. You know, those local committees will be the one who will enter the aid, enter the money, enter the food, and so on. And this plan was not even presented or discussed in the war cabinet. And why is that? Even before Gallant was able to approach the rest of the ministers, some of them completely rejected that in the media. Um, so as we have right now, we have the, the, the narrow war cabinet, and then we have the regular cabinet. And basically, the, the cabinet, which is supposed the one who's supposed to discuss those plans, is is they keep postponing. They were supposed to discuss it two weeks ago, but then Ben Gvir and Smotrich, the two extreme ministers, said to the prime minister, "If you will discuss it, we will just you know we're we're out of it, out of here." So Netanyahu said, "Okay, okay, we'll postpone it." Then a week later, there was supposed to be another meeting. And during that meeting of the cabinet, instead of talking about the day after, they started bashing Israel's chief IDF, uh, Halevi, for, uh, for some you know, inquiries that he plans to take. So they wasted the entire evening on this. And then at midnight, the prime minister said, OK, time is up and that's it. So that's his way of postponing and not discussing it. Now, as we speak today, Wednesday, there is supposed to be the, the regular cabinet tonight discussing the issue. But let's see. I mean, everybody thought they're going to do it before Blinken is here so they can present something in, you know, because you want to have United States on board. So they keep postponing it. We are, you know, mid-January. It was supposed to take place early December, but it's, you know, it's getting postponed and postponed. And, um, you know, the reason we think it's not being discussed thoroughly is because Netanyahu just doesn't want to have any kind of discussion like that because he thinks this will dismantle his government. And it's possible, going back to what Laser was saying before, that perhaps Blinken was putting pressure on him in terms of that and, uh, and he didn't have anything to actually say for the moment. So it's always the question, what do you play first? You play politics first or you play strategic first? And Israel is in a situation when it has to work on the strategic side. It has to. I mean, it come to this. I mean, it, it, Israel had to do it years ago because we didn't, we didn't have strategic discussions about Gaza in, this, in, in the cabinets of Netanyahu for years. Um, but right now, will politics overtake strategic thinking um, at the end of the day, things will just happen by, you know, by an outside dictating, you know, United States or European Union or the court in Hague, one of them will come up and say enough is enough and we're going to tell you what to do instead of Israel's, you know, taking the initiative and saying what it wants to do. Right. Okay. So we'll see what happens tonight, I guess. So uh, I will, before we close out this uh, daily briefing, I'll just add that the hostage families um, are upping their pressure, given that the 100-day mark, 100 days of captivity for the remaining hostages comes around this coming Sunday on January 14th. So there's a lot of plans that they are putting together in order to keep the hostage issue at the top of the headlines, uh, massive prayers at the Western Wall, uh, a bicycle ride that's happening 
worldwide, a 24-hour rally that will start on Saturday night in Tel Aviv, you know, as part of the what has become the weekly rally. So there's also that that is playing into this as obviously for the hostage families, time is of the essence, and obviously for the hostages as well. So that's all playing out right now um, as we speak today. So thank you, Tal, and thank you, Laser, for talking this out with me on today's Daily Briefing. It's been good to see you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. We will be back tomorrow with another Daily Briefing. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned to the Daily Briefing and know that this episode is produced by the Podwaves. If you ever have any comments, drop us an email, podcast at timesofisual.com. And of course, feel free to recommend us to other listeners out there. Until next time, take care and have yourselves a good day. Thank you.